I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt, guess what? What? There's a rat living in my car engine, and it's eating fries. I don't even know where to start with that. <laughs> yep. What? Uh, apparently, rats like to live in car engines, and one has brought chicken bones and french fries into ours, so it's just having a little party. Something is wrong with you. <laughs> Personally, if you had both a baby rat crawl out of your sink, and now a different rat. Or the same. Who's to know? Maybe he's all grown up, and you yeah. provided such a hospitable home for him mm-hmm. that he decided he wants to follow you around wherever you go. I don't know. I think that this is my chance to become, like, the rat queen. <laughs> Which really could be an extremely powerful position in New York. Um, I guess in the sense that like, yeah, the king of the mole people is probably pretty important, but we'll never know who he is. Yeah. Well, guess what, bitch? She's me. All right. Well, Barry's already started us off with Worst Things First, but we'll get into the actual segment Worst Things First right after this. Then we're going to dive deep into texting etiquette. I don't care if you put your elbows on the table or what kind of fork you shovel your shit into your mouth with, but I do care if you're sending just K instead of a whole word. You do that. I know I do. (laughs) And finally, we've got Dylan Marin as our guest complainer. Dylan is a writer, performer, video maker. He hosts the popular podcast Conversations with People Who Hate Me, and he's writing a freaking book. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right. Worst things first. The worst news of the week. First, police in Chicago shut down a busy downtown street last week after a suspicious object was spotted, only to discover that the culprit was a can of Chef Boyardee raviolis with two sets of wheels attached to it. <laughs> oh, Why not? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I just have so many questions. The can on wheels was later confirmed to be a DePaul student's design project. And that, that kid had should been not be in college. To the area for <laughs> That is a fourth grade design challenge. Yeah. Also, what the fuck? I had to make like a mousetrap contraption that somehow turned that fucking thing that could very well cut my fingers off into a car. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We had to make mousetrap cars. Why? It's this. It was like a physics class project where you turn the like the momentum of the mousetrap would like unspool a yarn that would turn the wheels. Wow. And this person just slapped some wheels on a ravioli (laughs) and they're in college. What the fuck? Also, why did they just leave it unattended? Uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. That's a perfectly good can of ravioli that you just left. Maybe he was trying to deliver it 
to his friend? He found out his friend was hungry? I don't... Yeah, maybe it was a, a Uber remote Eats. control situation. Next! A Tennessee movie theater that is located across from a church and next to an elementary school, right? So Got all their things right dangerous. there. <laughs> Has decided not to name the new Hellboy movie on its signs because it may be seen as profanity. Instead, they're advertising the movie as Heckboy. <laughs> Ah, oh, heck, boy. This is not necessary, okay? I swear, I say fuck in front of, like, preschoolers every day. What? <laughs> I go, I walk into a preschool classroom and I yell, fuck you all. <laughs> I swear, though, I, there are so many times in New York where I am, like, I don't even realize that I'm standing next to a bunch of children. And I mean, I'm what, are you going to look filth. down? Right. And then I'll apologize, and they, they're they like, we've heard everything you said before. I mean, an actual child came up to me this week, and uh, first I thought he was asking for money, and then he changed his tactic and just went, well, actually, can I have your number? And I was like, what? And he was like, you have a nice body. And I was like, you're a child. He said, no, I'm 15. I'm a teenager. And I was like, you're a child, but thank you so much. So I think... I think the kids know what's happening. So when you woke up in his bed the next mm-hmm, morning, mm-hmm, uh, did he make you breakfast? Wow. Um, yeah, he pulled out a can of ravioli, <laughs> threw <laughs> nice. some wheels on it, and just drove it right up to my bed. Yeah. I mean, he has more game than I ever had. Same. I, at yeah, 15. Seriously. At 15, I was making mousetrap cars. <laughs> anyway, the manager of this Tennessee movie theater said that they want to avoid putting up words on their sign that may be seen as profanity uh, to be respectful to everyone, including the hundreds of children who pass by every day. Yeah. Meanwhile, children in New York take the subway alone <laughs> while fucking a homeless man defecates into a toilet he fashioned out of a Trader Joe's bag. So, next! A man in Alaska, only in Alaska. This truly is an only in Alaska story because he was stopped by the TSA after inspectors found moose nuggets in his carry-on bag. And before you ask, is that just a chicken nugget made of moose? No, it's moose shit. He had bags of moose shit in his carry-on bag. Moose shit. Why? And when they asked him what it was for, he said he likes to collect the moose shit and present it to politicians for their, quote, bleep policies. That was the quote. I think he actually said bleep. (laughs) (laughs) But as TSA spokeswoman said that the discovery didn't warrant writing a report. So the man was sent on his way with the poop. I don't... (laughs) What? I mean, I guess we're all bags of shit anyway going through security. I just, I have so many. Where does he have his own moose? Well, I don't know. Is it like easy like squirrel poop? I say that and then I realize I've never seen squirrel poop. I have no idea what that looks like. So never mind. Yeah. Like, does he have his own moose? How prevalent are meese? I mean, they're around. In Alaska. It's like deer. Also, they're huge. Yeah, they're huge. Uh, My mentor in college, she started her career in Alaska. Sure. Yeah. I I had a mentor too. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And she she told us how like there was a moose stuck on her driveway and so... she just like couldn't leave the house like however big... and it's, a, it's a real like she was able to use that as an excuse and they were like yeah you mean you can't 
come in. Yeah. Like, however big you think a moose is, it's three times as big as that. Mm-hmm. Which means its shits must be just massive. Yeah. I'm sorry, it, it's nuggets. It's not known if it was the same person, but a man was seen passing out bags of moose shit at the Capitol on the same day as a protest against the governor of Alaska's proposed budget. If that's another person, <laughs> yeah. these two need to become friends. How maybe prevalent is moose shit passing out? In in Alaska, this has happened so much that they can't confirm whether it's the same man. <laughs> anyway. And finally, a Colorado man was arrested on suspicion of robbing the same Dairy Queen twice in one day. You get the craving. You get the craving for those delicious blizzards. You gotta have a blizzard. You gotta have a blizzard. He's also suspected of trying and failing to carjack two people during those robberies. Police say he stole the cash register and then turned it upside down to demonstrate that none of the money would fall out. <laughs> did you write that or was that in the... Yeah, I did. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that did not happen. But I like to imagine that he was like... <laughs> Every time they do it, I'm like, you're going to rue the day. I have never had a, an employee do that for me. So, yeah, the police said that he first robbed the shop around 9 p.m. on a Monday and the police responded and uh, he had left with an undetermined amount of cash. Probably not that much because it's a fucking Dairy Queen and everything costs like three dollars. Responding officers couldn't find him. Then less than two hours later, around 10.40 p.m., he tried to rob it again. Then they broke out the night vision equipment and went on the lookout for him, and he was reportedly found hiding in a prairie. Prairies are flat. <laughs> yeah, Why how would do you, you hide, hide there? <laughs> hide in a prairie with a cash register. tall grass. He was charged with robbery, attempted robbery, and felony menacing. <laughs> I love a good felony menacing. Sounds like he really screamed for ice cream. I don't know if he screamed when he was arrested. I I don't know. Um, Yeah, I feel like a couple takeaways. Uh, If you're going to rob a a store, try to switch it up a little bit. Lightning can't strike the same place twice. Can it? I don't know. I don't know. But I've heard that said before. Yeah, also don't pick a Dairy Queen. I feel like you're not going to get that much money. Go to a Ben and Jerry's. Rob a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> Don't actually. We love them. We meaning me. I, first of all, fuck Dairy Queen because Whoa. I feel like they should have sponsored me a long time ago and they haven't. Also, one time I ordered a cake from them when Harry Styles followed me on Twitter. I, ha- I went to Dairy Queen and I said, can you write Harry Styles followed Matt? And the guy basically... It looked like he had written it with urine in snow. <laughs> like that was the same. The <laughs> and I bitched about it on Twitter and they sent me $50 in gift cards. But it was like 10 different $5 gift cards. <laughs> so I never used them. Uh, also, the window for them to sponsor me is closing. Because we're, ge- we're reaching a point where if I even am around dairy, my butthole leaks and that's it for this week's worst things first next we are correcting all your texting wrongs auto correcting mom this one's for you bitch deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive deep dive dive 
deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Well, let's talk about texting faux pauses. As I was researching this deep dive, I googled texting faux pas, and this 2011 CNN business article came Ooh, up. Very topical, very hot. Called 10 cell phone faux pas Ooh. you really shouldn't make. 2011 shouldn't feel that long ago, but all of these things are now just like accepted. Walking while texting. Okay. How else are you supposed to walk? Right. I'm. Oh, I'm going to look where I'm going? I don't think so. No. What if, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I want to see the car that hits me. Pulling out the phone at the dinner table. Oh, uh, we're just going to talk. Uh, the yeah, their, like go-to thing is talking about playing words with friends <laughs> at the dinner table. Returning a call with a text. Not the other way around. <laughs> Returning a phone call with a text. Yeah, if you fucking call me, I'm going to wait until you hang up and then I'll text you and say, sorry, I missed your call. What do you want? Um, crop dusting. What? Which is a phrase I didn't entirely understand. It's where you text everybody in your phone on like a Friday night and say, what are you up to? And then the first person who responds, you hang out with. And then you ignore everybody else. <laughs> I don't really know. I feel like that's specific to the person who wrote this yeah. article. <laughs> um, messenger pigeoning. It's waiting a long time to respond. Oh. As, as if you... We're sending a messenger pigeon. So if someone asks you what time are we going to meet, and then you wait hours to respond. Um, Drunk dialing or texting. That's all of my texting. Life casting. So like, oh, you see a sunset and you take a picture of it. Also what I do. Conversations in public and talking on your phone in the bathroom. I do every single one of these things. But you know what? You shouldn't do all of the following things. And if you do, I reserve the right to go into your phone mm-hmm. physically, yeah. be transported smart house style, get into your phone, and then jizz all over all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Or just destroy everything in your phone, all of your personal information. Mm-hmm. Okay? First! I mean, this is just a personal pet peeve, but when someone doesn't reply to your text and then they are active on Instagram or Twitter... Like, at least have the decency to use your burner account. Like, if I haven't responded to someone, I know that I cannot like anything on Instagram or view their story. That's just the rule. I have a bad habit of knowing someone texting me, but then I'm on Instagram and then I like their photo and then I remember that I never responded. So then I respond, but I know that they would have just gotten that notification and then they're like, oh, she only remembered because she saw me on Instagram. Right. But... That's just how my brain works. Yeah, I also overthink everything. So I'm like, oh, I bet that they're only responding right now because they wanted to post something on Instagram because I know that they're somewhere. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, this was, I mean, I'm thinking of a very specific moment, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) There was someone I was texting with and I knew that they were coming into the city and like they hadn't responded to my text uh-huh. but I knew that they were going to post a picture from where they were going and they happened to text me just before they posted a picture and I was like you I know I fucking know it yeah also yeah use a burner account everyone has a burner account right oh yeah I got so many <laughs> burning through them you used to stalk people under the radar uh-huh. yeah basically if you see someone viewing your story that has zero followers and is following zero people that's me <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, people who text just K. That is not acceptable in the year of our Lord 2019. How dare you? What about KK? What about KKKK? Skipping the three, just going to the four. I don't think any any version of just K is sacrilege. What about okie-dokie artichokey? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll hate it, but it's better than K. It's less aggressive than K. It has the same energy as ending a text with a period. Mm. Yeah, a period at the end of the sentence is just a, f- a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. When it's via text... Why don't you just call my mom and tell her to fuck off? Why don't you just come to the hospital where I currently am and unplug me? Yeah, you text Kay a lot. I know. I'm sorry. And just the the extra energy, almost n- none required to add the O. Explain oh, so you yourself. want you want an OK, but not an OKAY. Either one of those is better than I don't just know. K. All right. What about MK? Sure. All right. I'll say, I usually say, okay, with an H. <laughs> One word responses to very long texts, not allowed. It's not just allowed. rude. You have to, yeah, it's basic conversational skills here. If someone texts you a novel, you are legally obligated to reply it with an, a similar novel. At least a novella. Right. I feel like sometimes when I text you a lot of things, you just write back, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, ah. whatever. Yeah. Well, there's also the text that should be an email. Well, you don't respond to emails as much. I don't have an email account. What? <laughs> so I text you instead. We're just going to move on. <laughs> People who believe you should wait a certain amount of time to respond to texts. This is more like, you know, when you're like dating. Flirting. Kind of yeah. Thing, yeah. I just don't believe in, like, those types of fucking games. No. This is RuPaul's best friend race. If you are into me, you respond to my fucking text right away. Immediately. Although, yeah, I have to stop myself sometimes. Because if someone waits an absurd amount of time to text me back, you can't text right back. It's a little thirsty. Yeah. Um, also, some people have strong opinions about sending one block of text versus, like, multiple texts. Yeah, where do you fall in this? I think it's only annoying if you don't want to hear from that person. Otherwise, like, yeah, I'm not going to read a block of text. My uh, my attention span is two sentences at most. <laughs> also, this happened yesterday. Someone texted me, and it was, like, a multiple text, but they sent it in one block. Mm-hmm. And there was just a space in between it. And I only saw the first part in the notification, so I didn't reply. But there was a valuable information in the second half oh. that I I had to open it up in order to actually see it. And yeah. I completely missed it. Oh, boy. So that would have been solved had they just sent multiple texts. Mm. But yeah, who's sending an entire paragraph? We're not pen pals. I had a pen pal. You did? Yeah, he was an old man in Arizona, and he willed, he whittled me a hummingbird. What? And he sent me a, a lemon, a mm, giant lemon. I need more information about this. <laughs> Who was this person? How did you... We met in a chat room. No. <laughs> for hot singles in my area. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how we got set up. It was some program. Oh, I think it was like uh, a middle school thing where we got matched up with like a war veteran. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And I felt really bad because I don't think I ever sent a thank you note for the giant lemon and the hummingbird. 
Anybody who texts, can I just call you? Or worse, can we FaceTime? No. No! I need stage lighting. I need makeup, wigs, costumes before the cameras are able to turn on. Mm-hmm. I've told you this, where I'm pretty sure I accidentally answered a FaceTime call as I was getting in the shower. Uh-huh. And I'm very unclear where the camera was pointing. <laughs> and I immediately noticed and was like, oh shit. And then I hung up. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, there's really no reason, unless you're telling me someone died, in which case you should just call. Right. I think that's the thing for me is like, don't give me the option to say yes or no. Just call me. Right. And then I'll either answer or not. Also, if you leave a message, you're insane (laughs) because there's no way I'm going to listen to that ever, ever. People who uh, emoji outside of their skin tone. Oh, yeah, that's a no-no. You yeah. can't do that. It was bad on Slack. I somehow accidentally did that, and I didn't know how to blackface. get it back. I didn't know how, And then I figured Digital it out. Digital blackface, yeah. slackface. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I figured it out. It's it's back to being a little white girl now. Can we talk about bitmojis? Is this on your list? I did not put it on there, but yeah. I just, I just hate them. The only one that I like, and I don't even mean one person who uses them, is that one time my Aunt Ruth... <laughs> It was one of my cousin's birthday, and she sent a bitmoji of her next to a coffin that said HBD on it. <laughs> and that I what? thought was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was just the darkest birthday bitmoji text ever. Why is that? Why does that I, exist? I don't know. If I had my phone in here, I'd show you. But other than that, no bitmojis. No. It's too big. It's too big. It takes up too much room. And finally, of course, the worst thing that you can be via text, a green bubble. You were making direct eye contact with me, and I knew it was just going to be at me. Yep. If you're a green (sighs) bubble, you should throw yourself into a lake. All right. Holding your phone with cinder blocks attached to your feet. And I hope you sink to the bottom, and your indestructible Samsung phone (laughs) will rise up to the surface without you. Uh, But at least you'll be separated. And I won't get any green bubble texts anymore. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got Dylan Marin in the studio right after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Smile Direct. Let's get something straight. Your teeth. Boom! Smile Direct Club straightens your teeth for 60% less than braces with invisible aligners sent directly to you. You just got to go online and book a free 3D scan at one of their smile shops. Or guess what? You can order an at-home impression kit. After that, they'll email a preview of your new smile. And once you get your aligners, one of Smile Direct Club's duly licensed doctors will check in on your progress every 90 days. Visit SmileDirectClub.com for real before and after photos from some of 550,000 plus satisfied grinners. And exclusive for our listeners, you can get $100 off your invisible aligners when you go to SmileDirectClub.com slash podcast and use offer code unhappy. You'll also get a $25 Amazon gift card with a free 3D scan at one of their smile shops or a $25 rebate on an at-home impression kit. That's $100 off at smiledirectclub.com slash podcast offer code unhappy. 
That's mildirectclub.com slash podcast, offer code unhappy. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fleur. You might not think about what's actually in the perfume you wear every day, but with Fleur, you don't have to. Fleur makes stunning, non-toxic perfumes and lists all their ingredients online, so you get a good scent made with clean ingredients. For a luxurious perfume that's all about good, clean fun, try P-H-L-U-R Fleur. Get to know each of Fleur's scents with pictures, words, and even playlists on their site. Then try them on your own skin and see how it works for you. Fleur's world-class perfumers are scent artistes, and these perfumes are their masterworks. You know what makes sense? Gender-free scents. And every Fleur scent is gender-free. Plus, they just introduced body wash and body lotion in the same sense, so you can smell amazing all the time, every which way. As you know by now, I love me some Sandara. It's calming and meditative, two words that I aspire to be described as. Its notes of forest air and sandalwood make me feel like I'm going for a walk in the forest without ever leaving my apartment. So go to Fleur.com today and use promo code UNHAPPY to get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. Pick three cents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. That's promo code UNHAPPY at Fleur.com to get 20% off your first three free samples. That's promo code UNHAPPY at Fleur.com to get 20% off your first three samples. P-H-L-U-R dot com. My guest complainer today is known for so many different projects. You might know him from Welcome to Night Vale as the voice of Carlos the Scientist or the YouTube series uh, like Every Single Word or as a former correspondent on the YouTube channel Seriously TV doing series like Sitting in Bathrooms with Trans People, Unboxing or Shutting Down Bullshit or maybe from his 2018 Webby winning podcast Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Welcome, Dylan Marin. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> the credits are endless. Yes, and you are legally bound to say all of them before I, you say I my am. name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually when when people just casually introduce me, they must list all of my credits. Um yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. It's you should have that expectation. <laughs> Set that expectation yes. everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like a bio that I a ridiculous bio yeah. that I wrote for that is purposefully not true. Okay, great. It's just a bunch of exaggerate. Like, I was born, like, in 1300 BC. Yes, and, like, and you look floated. so great. <laughs> and I've had people, like, before shows read that out. Oh, wow. In, an, in its entirety. Oh, my God. No irony. I love this. And so you have to be careful about, like, what you put out there. Because, yeah. like, that will follow you. Because soon there will... will be a conspiracy theory that you were born in 1300. <laughs> I welcome that. Oh, conspiracy. my God. Let's start it. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm actually 2,000 years old. Wow. Um, that's not even the No, right that's math. correct. Yeah, no, that's correct. <laughs> so actually what you just re what you just heard, listeners, is that Matt revealed that he was actually born in the year 19, and it is his 2,000th birthday, so please dox him for I that. I mean, technically, I was born before, like, math was even invented. Oh, my so God. I'm, I'm going by, like, the old math that yes, I was raised with. But after Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's that it's that golden era. <laughs> I guess, you yeah. Know? I was just home in Chicago for the Easter weekend, and I went to church for the first time in truly like wow, probably at least eight years. Oh my god! Um, what denom? And it was uh, harrowing. Uh, Catholic. <laughs> I've heard of it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been coming. My my aunt um, decided she wanted to be baptized and do that whole thing, and so uh, they do this whole like the Easter Eve like. Mm-hmm. Service is when they like induct new like yeah they like people. on on board the new <laughs> the new, <laughs> the new hires. hires yeah yeah um, so we had to go and do that and it was just it was so long it yeah. was so long. It's long and that was the one they also like, there's like this whole candle thing that they do and every time it feels like all of these people should not have fire in this building <laughs> given you know recent events I don't think fire in a church is like a great idea right now I do get I do get nervous when I see the candles. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like a lot. And I'm a, the kind of person who, when I leave my house, and this is not a joke, I will sometimes come back in two or three times to check that I didn't leave the stove on even when I didn't cook that morning. So right. when I see just candles, I'm like, oh my God, where's yeah. the sprinkler system? I mean, I don't want to like diagnose you, but that is OCD. <laughs> yes, honey. Uh, when I was like a teen, I was like hardcore like OCD. OCD like, yep, yeah, we got to check this like 50 times before And do you we still leave. have the tendencies? No, I think, yeah, finally uh, I got out of it by being like, oh, yeah. Like, if it burns down, then great. I'm I'm free of my (laughs) material shackles. Yes. (laughs) Arsonist, honey. Yes. Yeah. Now I actively burn down all of my We have a 2,000-year-old arsonist (laughs) sitting across from me. Listen, fire was my earliest toy. That's wow. all we had back then. Okay, Drew Barrymore fire starter. <laughs> yes. We had sticks, stones, and fire. And that's, <laughs> yes. that's yes. what we used. That's what we played with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we always start, um, except not this time. We start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay, this is a thing I uh, strongly feel. And, and if you disagree with this... I want this to be a dialogue. Yeah. I want to hear from you. That's what uh, that's what we, podcasts we could are. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Actually, no, this is a monologue. Please leave the studio. That's true. I mean, I my my podcast, I would say, is more of like a dictatorship. We yeah. don't, you know, all all opinions are not welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but uh-huh. I have one I'd like to start with. Sure. Which is leisure travel. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to only travel. Yeah. They absolutely have to. Only for work. Only profesh <laughs> travel. Only profesh travel. Well, let me explain why. I see people have so much fun on leisure travel. I uh-huh. go on trips with my husband and he is living his best life. Sure. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> yeah. I have I have loved ones. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Humble brag. I so I see him living his best life and that is so wonderful. And he genuinely gets excited about upcoming leisure travel trips. Uh-huh. And I don't know why, but they stress me out so much. I feel like, what am I missing out on? And I also feel like I am someone, as you just diagnosed me with OCD earlier. <laughs> Actually, like maybe we are revealing something very profound about me right now, but I. Like, I'm the type of person who has one path to get to the train, one path to mm-hmm. get, even if there is a building that I go to regular meetings in, I will take the same route from yeah. the subway. Um, Uh, I run in Prospect Park and I take the same exact route every day. And my husband is like one of those like normal people who is like, (laughs) well, I don't want to use the word normal. Right. But he is one of the types of people 
um, who society would call normal. (laughs) (laughs) And um, he is just like, okay, well, there's a stoplight here so we can turn here. And I'm like, like that hemorrhages my soul. So I, when we travel and it's like all new experiences, I get overwhelmed. Right. And I, and so often... God, this is making me sound profoundly uncool. And like, wow. I get it, though. I get what you mean. Yeah. And I I think, like, I just want to be clear. I very much, I very badly want to be the type of person who likes leisure travel. And I have total faith that I could be that person one day. Uh And I love, like, in theory, I love getting to know another place. I will say that if a friend lives there and we're staying with a friend and they're showing us around, that feels wonderful. Yeah. Because then there's a familiarity of the friend. Yeah. And so, and then I'll like find like the first restaurant we go to, I'll be like, yeah, this is my spot. (laughs) And then I will go all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like cool, good people are like, let's Yelp it. Let's like Yelp a new culinary experience right and i'm like okay but i know this place yeah. you know uh, god wow that's weird i don't talk about this out loud and now i just did and no, that's a I'm weird curious. thing to say yeah but you had another one i had another one okay this is like i i <laughs> it's it's so i hate the very, very intricate narratives I weave about the people who I know who don't follow me back uh-huh. or the friends who have unfollowed me. <laughs> like, I cannot tell you my self-esteem is not lower than when I am writing those narratives in my head. Do you yeah. do that? Yes. Yeah. It's so weird. We can spend the next hour talking about yes. this exclusively. And I demand that we do. <laughs> but it's that... um it's this weird thing, and I think about this a lot with like my work now, but it when we're just consuming everything in social media in isolation, uh-huh. right? Social media, to borrow a term from the book The Secret, if uh-huh. you've ever read it. Um, <laughs> I, I have, I've read the Wikipedia page for it. Okay, great. That counts as reading in yeah. the year 2019. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you have not only read it, but studied it. <laughs> yes. Exactly, yeah. If you read the title, you can say you read it. Um, <laughs> but if you read the Wikipedia page, honey, you are a scholar. Yeah. Yes. So there's this idea of like, are you feeling abundance or are you feeling lack, uh-huh. right? And social media kind of triggers exclusively feelings of lack because when you consume it structurally, you're going to be alone. You're you're not necessarily consuming social media with people. Right. So you can only feel lack because you're seeing a thing that you're not part of. Now, I know people are saying, well, you should just like feel that as if you are there, feel happy for them that they are there. And that's a lovely thing in theory, but it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not what my brain also, does. You and if you feel that, you're yeah, insane. Yeah. Well, and if your brain does that, it's like, congratulations like hold on to that for the rest of your life nurture it it's amazing i don't feel that way i'm just like oh my god what am i missing out on what's happening and so when a friend who i know once followed me or even like a colleague like a parallel media colleague when they unfollow me i'm like i'm a horrible person and they see it no one else has seen seen it yet but this person somehow knows that i'm a bad person and it just it it's makes you see the worst part of yourself. I hate it. Yeah. 
I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. What do you do? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't figured out any of this. I sit in self-loathing. Yeah. Yeah, good. No, even when it's, like, someone I actively dislike. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. I see. My, my feelings have been confirmed. Yeah. Even <laughs> yes. though I just basically, yeah. like, no. you know, actualized it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, like, I, we're going to have, like, a reckoning with this, like, era that we're in of social <laughs> media. But... It's weird. And and then you like project really weird things onto them and what they think of you. And then you can see them at a party like a few weeks later and they truly are like in their mind, nothing happened. Yeah. Because nothing. Because nothing happened. And you're like, oh, my God, I have lived five lives with you. I do a similar thing about like. You know, it's like when someone isn't texting you back yeah. quick enough, yeah. you know, your brain immediately is like, well, I guess they just fucking hate me yes. now. Yes. Um, I guess we're, I should delete their number yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we just move on. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then it's like, you know, you think about, okay, do I respond immediately no. to everybody else? No, I do not. No. But then my brain is like, well, if I like, you know, it, it depends on the context of the person I'm texting with. Yeah. Or like if it's romantic or yeah. it's just oh, a friend or totally. whatever. But that it's like, okay, well, if it's like something I really like, really, really care about, then mm-hmm. I'll text right away. Yes. So like clearly they don't care. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I absolutely, if I'm joking with a friend and they don't respond to the joke, my mind isn't like they didn't think it was funny. I was like, I have severely hurt their feelings. <laughs> yeah. And like, I will be... Like, hi, this was a joke, and which is like yeah, what yeah. kills a joke. <laughs> you know, it's like, haha, this is funny. You know? Right. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh god. Yeah, the like kind of the slightly risky text yes. or message. Oh is, dear. And I turned on, I didn't even know I, I could do this, and it's probably bad that I figured it out. Where you could turn on uh push notifications for Instagram messages. No, honey. I will not. <laughs> so when I get DMs on Instagram, uh I now get the messages DM to me or the yep. notification Notified. pops up. But if someone deletes a message, <gasps> it shows you that no. thing that says um, the the sender has unsent this message. So it still shows you the notification, oh yeah. but it, it doesn't show you what they sent. It just says oh they unsent god. it. So then your brain is like, oh my god, what did they say? I think I think the thing that fucks with me now, I've only, uh, I feel like listeners have heard me talk about this endlessly, but I've only recently started using all of the like the apps, the tinders, yeah. and the the hinges, and all of that. Yeah. And that is like, yeah, it's just pure guessing game of like, oh, I said this, and then they yeah. stop responding. What of the list of reasons? Because yes. like. Like, it's also incredibly possible that it's just like they maybe they actually died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that that's is most just likely one of many. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I tell myself every yeah. time. Are you liking it? Yes and no. I do think like it in some ways that it has made me more confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in other ways it's made me less confident. Cause I think I also I remember I talked about this on an episode too and in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Love. because uh, my ther I was like, um, I feel like it especially in New York, there's like ten gay people and we all mm-hmm. know one another mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. all are enemies. And oh, I heard your statistics. <laughs> yeah, you I think broke that was down that. the statistics. Uh, yeah. yeah, and my my therapist was like, let's look it up. And she's yeah. like, um, there's like ten 
10 million gay people in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, well, let's do the math yeah. and break it down. Because I think, especially being a person on the internet, especially in media, it's like uh, you only are seeing the kind of most vocal people <laughs> who are active yes. on yes, online. Yes, yes, and so, yes. And then it creates this like sense of, oh, this is reflective mm-hmm. of the, the, the world. And then we like falsely use the word everyone. You yeah. know, like if three people say the same thing in listener mail and they don't know each other, I'm like, whoa, everyone <laughs> thinks this. Like that's the scary thing though, is like we're getting into this place where everybody is creating their own like reality. Yeah. And you you live in your individual world. Totally. And I think it is because I'm not talking about emotional loneliness, which is like a, another thing. I'm I'm saying there is structural isolation yeah. in the way we exist in these worlds. Like mm-hmm. physically, we are alone. Digitally, we are all together, it seems. Um, and just to be clear, I think there are many communities that foster a real sense of belonging digitally. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know that social media as it exists now totally is going to be the final draft of what that looks like. Yeah. I think we're in a draft <laughs> right. of the simulation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's terrifying. Yay! Is there one thing that you kind of like are focusing the most on? Or oh, do you yeah. enjoy kind of going from thing to thing? No, I mean, my main thing for the last two years has been conversations with people who hate me. For people who don't know, yes. do the elevator pitch. Elevator What's the concept? pitch is I make a podcast called Conversations with people who hate me Uh where I either talk one-on-one to people who have said negative or hateful things to me online or I moderate conversations between strangers who clashed with each other digitally and it's a show where you kind of get to move a very fraught online conversation offline right in hopefully a productive way was there any one incident that kind of spurred it on when i was making videos in general i did every single word on my own and then i was making a lot of other videos um when those went viral it was like very cool because a lot of people really loved it Mm -hmm. but our brains don't focus on that our brains focus on the smaller fraction of people who hate it right and then hate you because if your face is on it and so i just became so fascinated by that and my coping mechanism Because this was the place where my videos were really taking off, especially like the unboxing videos and and the other satirical videos I was making at the time was on Facebook, Mm -hmm. which was like the big time when Facebook videos were uh, having a moment. And the thing about Facebook is when you get a message from someone on Facebook, you can click on their profile and see everything about them. Yeah. And to find out that it was like this three-dimensional human being who lived their own life and had their own feelings, I can't yet fully explain this, but it made me feel a little better. Like it wasn't this unknown entity. And I guess it was that when I started seeing them and clicking through their pictures and looking at their posts, I was like, oh, there's a way to reach them. There's Mm -hmm. a way to reach them. So That's what I would do. If I would get a message, I would click on their profile, learn who they were. The podcast for sure started as a coping mechanism. Yeah. (laughs) Like it it felt (laughs) better. I only have a career because of the internet, right? For many of us who have been turned down by the traditional gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. we were able to make stuff online and see it succeed democratically, Yeah, which was amazing. 
So I have a particular fondness for the digital spaces that have allowed so many of us to make so many cool things. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to leave it and I don't want to abandon it. And I kind of believe in like sticking around and making it a more hospitable place. Yeah. I don't want to adopt this idea of like this very common idea now of like social media is a garbage dumpster fire (laughs) because this project conversations with people who hate me is like... I don't know. It makes me feel like better about the world. Yeah. Like the calls make me feel wonderful about the future possibilities of the internet. The whole kind of concept of talking with people was in part born from Lindy West, right? So, you know, I heard Lindy West's episode when it came out or uh-huh. when they replayed it and I loved it. I really the true so in in the truest sense that did precede my project. I didn't see it as like an expansion of that because that to me was so personal to Lindy. And I think the way she handled it was like masterful. And so I wouldn't want to like, I mean, I don't want to flatter myself to be like, yes. And I was trying to be Lindy West because I think she's incredible. (laughs) No, I'm also not saying that. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying like she did precede it, but it was like, it was really inspired by kind of the coping mechanism. Yeah. And having the urge to want to screenshot their comments, make fun of their typos, which I totally did. Yeah. And try to do, it's truly to do something more productive with it. Yeah. Um, I also think the really big difference is that what happened with Lindy was truly egregious. Yeah. And like, that was like horrifying and I would say abuse in right. many ways. And we then, should say to just say people don't know Leah mm-hmm. Lindy West, author of Shrill, author of Shrill, author, new uh, book coming out, I think, and yeah. she's just an amazing writer. And she, yeah, so there was this person like harassing her, pretending to be her deceased father yeah. on the internet, yeah. like truly, yeah. And so the big thing is like that was a true confrontation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and I, I've I've been very explicit about this on the show is when I say hate, it's not literal hate. It's just that when you receive any negativity online, it feels like hate because yeah. we don't know how to categorize them. So constructive criticism is lumped in the same category as, you know, kind of really negative stuff in the same category with true hate. Right. And so you don't know how to differentiate. And so I remember also reading about this um, this black radio host in Texas, and he would just get a ton of very racist letters. This is like pre pre the internet. And he started calling the people who wrote those letters. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I think there's an, an interesting lineage of people who have like decided to turn these into conversations. Yeah. So, and I'm, if I can count myself among them, I feel honored. Yeah. Is there any like one comment that, that sticks with you? Hmm. I know mine. Like a specific comment or a yeah. type of comment? Um, I guess if you have a whole category of them. Mine was someone called me Casper the Faggot Ghost, and oh, I think that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Well, I guess there there is one. Someone wrote, um, he wrote Gaywad Fag. Just those Great. two words. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, you're correct, honey. You're observant. I think the comment that was made at me was about a tweet, a Beyonce tweet. It was just like- interesting. Yeah. 
And I think it was from another Beyonce fan who just huh. was like, we're not listening to your opinion right now. Yeah. And, and was it a controversial opinion? No, I don't even think so. Interesting. Um, none of my Beyonce opinions are yeah. controversial. I, I follow the party line. Oh, well, honey. <laughs> uh, we legally must. Yeah. Also, my profile picture, I do remember at that time, was very pale. So, so I did. Like... I was asking for it. Uh, I'll victim blame myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's but, productive. Yeah. So, so... There's such worse hate on the internet that is directed at people who are marginalized. Yes, yeah, totally. Um, I often feel like I don't have much standing room to complain about hateful comments that I get on the internet because it's like they pale in comparison to what a lot of people get. So um, I think on the macro that is important to acknowledge like that um, Amnesty International study that came out in December, I think, of 2018. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, women, unsurprisingly, get the lion's share of abuse. Women of color, the most. Yeah. Black women, the most of that group, right? So that has to be said. That being said, individually, you do not necessarily embrace those statistics when you're the one feeling it. Yeah, you just I mean, experience it on a one-to-one right. one scale. Everybody has their own scale of totally. what is what is normal exactly. and what is abuse. And, so yeah. someone's calling you Casper the faggot ghost? <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Then, Which I, lo- I I used to tell a joke. Like, I used to say that on stage and yeah. say that they got it right. Yeah, um, totally. It got, it got everything right about me. Pale, gay, dead little boy. But that's so interesting because both of us do the same thing. Because yeah, I, I show the gay wad fag message and I put it on a screen and it's like, okay, well, this will be worth it if I turn it into a joke. But then there's a point where the jokes kind of run out for me. Yeah. Where I'm like, I can't keep, like, that doesn't actually make me feel better. Right. Um, It's totally a defense mechanism and it's a great defense mechanism and it is empowering to see someone make jokes at someone, make jokes um, using uh, the setup being something horrible someone said to you. Yeah. But I, I I, think personally I needed to find a different way to cope with it. Or almost out of time, I do want to ask, so we usually play a game called Elaborate where we search the word hate on a, on our guest's Twitter. <laughs> and then have and it's you, just uh, my podcast elaborate. that came out, yeah. yeah. Um, but you have only used the word hate in relation to your podcast. Wow. Um, and at one point, I always was, be I was promoting, honey. <laughs> yeah, you are on. Always message. be promoting. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting that uh, there was one tweet about whether you should change the name of the podcast because the word hate mm-hmm. obviously has a lot of, you know, loaded implications yeah. or connotations, mm-hmm. whatever the word honey, is. Honey, whatever you want to say, <laughs> I'll nod. <laughs> I define my own yeah. words. On you, this should, you could say permutations, and I'd be like, yes, <laughs> smart queen. But yeah, obviously. Like I use the word hate on this podcast yeah. very flippantly, yeah. but you know we live in a world where like there are There's actual literal hate, hate groups. Yeah. So I don't know if you're how your feelings have. Obviously, you still call your podcast. Well, I went through a, a kind of big soul searching phase, and I I did it somewhat publicly because I wanted to hear from people, and I stand by it. You know, I explained to all my guests it's not literal hate, right? So, uh, and some guests refuse to come on because they're like, "But I don't hate you." And, you know, I I say, like, I totally get it. But when you call me a piece of shit, it doesn't feel like love. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it feels like the opposite. Uh And that's the that's what I'm trying to explore with this show. It's like we are so enabled 
to if I didn't know you and this is like pre the podcast and you said something that I disagreed with and I had no idea who you were and I had no idea what kind of stuff you did, I could be like, Matt's a piece of shit, you know, for saying <laughs> yeah. this thing that I disagree with. Right. You would not read that as like, well, I don't think he actually hates me. I bet he's just <laughs> bringing his full three dimensional day to it. And and actually, it's kind of complicated because he's seeing me as this, you know, like you don't know these things. You're just like, oh, my God, fuck, that person hates me. This person hates right. me. And so it's trying to cut through the noise of it. And I also did initially use that title without question because it felt like hate as I explored it more. And I started realizing, like, oh, like none of these people hate me. And let's wrestle with the fact that there are literal hate groups in the world. That's a tough thing. But kind of through the soul searching, I realized, you know, all the more reason to use this word as the starting point and allow my guests to speak for themselves yeah. so that then you can hear that it's not hate. And it's interesting because then, too, when we're referring to social media as this total dumpster fire, right, a common refrain, I wonder if it's a really actually skewed perception machine of the world and what are we enabled to write and what are we empowered to write and what are we encouraged to write. Did I say all the same words? Yeah. <laughs> Enabled, <laughs> empowered, encouraged, all different ideas. Trust me. But what are we, what are we encouraged to write? What in the metric system of social media that um, has incentives for saying the snarkiest thing, right? That we are rewarded for owning someone, for shutting someone down. Like, what are we creating in ourselves? Mm -hmm. You know, that like the snarkiest tweet will win and the snarkiest will be the funniest and the funniest will often be at the expense of someone else. Right. And it's really wonderful when the person that it's at the expense of is someone you profoundly disagree with. It's really terrifying when that person is someone you agree with, and it's really terrifying when that person is you, you know? And so that's why I'm okay with using the word. Wow. <laughs> How do I follow that? Honey. <laughs> well. Eventually, we're all just going to be zeros and yes, ones. Yes. <laughs> we are now in the simulation. We are. Yeah. Uh, none of you are real. You're all just thoughts mm. in my head. Mm -hmm. and yes. I'm so happy. And we are thoughts in your head. <laughs> um, which is insane um, that my podcast doesn't have even more listeners, considering that this is my own simulation. This is your simulation. And like that I wouldn't have given myself more. But because- no. I, I You're like, keeping yourself humble. Right. I want to keep myself humble and give myself a struggle. Yes. Um, this is for your biography. If honey. I just came out with the number one podcast, like, what would, what would I have to fight for? Nothing. Yeah. Then you'd retire <laughs> and live on all of those podcast bucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before I let you go, where can people find you and your work? You can find me and my work at Dylan Marin on all social media. Uh-huh. And you can go to my webpage, dylanmarin.com. Amazing. Well, yeah. I hope the next time we see you, you'll have leisurely traveled and had fun. <laughs> and I will tell you all about how cool I am that I can experience new things and love them. Yes. Can't wait. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I don't think we actually talked about Game of Thrones yet, have we? Um, I think every week. <laughs> <laughs> but let's do it. But no, I was just going to say, I mean, I've been watching the same things. I've been watching Veep. Game of Thrones same, and Barry same. every week um, and then also Deadwood and I'm going to be introducing a new show that uh, into my watching next week but uh -huh. for now I just say like I just keep thinking about Battle of Winterfell you know 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, by the time people listen to this, we'll be have seen the fourth episode. But True. as of this recording, the Battle of Winterfell was the last one. Uh-huh. And yeah. yeah, that was just it was a lot. I'm starting I mean, without I guess getting into too many specifics, I'm I'm starting to think that I have invested so many hours in this show and this series that there's almost nothing that can happen that will satisfy me. Yeah. That's almost what I felt like after the last episode. More people needed to die. Where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. There's no I think way I've all just, of like, our favorites it. just like happen to survive. Right. Ugh, yeah. Especially just because there's so much like discussion around like fanfare around it where there's like so many... I feel like the expectations were set up that it would be like way more devastating. Yeah. And it was not. It was fun though. The pacing sure. was amazing. Uh and also I couldn't see a fucking thing. So <laughs> But yeah, I'd say that's uh that's what I've been watching and continue to think about. What about mm-hmm. you? What are you watching? I don't know if I've watched anything new. Right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I also have restarted The Office again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like I watch it so fast that I then want... It's like when I'm done with it, it's almost like like I need it, I need it as a comfort. Yeah. Um. So I have been watching that. Homecoming, I've been rewatching. I watched the Veronica Mars trailer, which made me so excited. I saw that oh. you were excited. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> I never watch Veronica Mars. You so should. That should be the next thing that you watch. There's not a lot of it. It's only three seasons and then a movie. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's oh, young. Oh, oh, and sorry. It's young Kristen Bell, which also reminded me of Deadwood. And also, I've been meaning to tell you, you know who else has like quite a long character arc in Deadwood? Sarah Paulson. Ooh. And she's very good in it. Is she a lesbian in it? You know, I thought it was going to go there, and I don't think it is. Did I ever talk about special? No. Every episode is like 17 minutes long. It's like a, it's short. Right. And there's only like six or eight episodes. It's a short series. And the, now they have a new one called Bonding that I think is also that short. That one's also episodes. short? Oh. I think so. Interesting. Um, But special was so adorable. Uh, the main character is played by Ryan O'Connell, who is a writer uh, who I love. Ryan plays the main character, who is a guy, a gay guy living with uh, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like cute. It's it's fun to see like a, a show with like a, I guess, non-conventional main gay character. So yeah, but it's cool. I feel like Netflix is starting to do more stuff that's not just like a straightforward 30 minute show. So it's like sketch shows. Yeah. And short little shows. I love that. I'm so happy that that's being a, like, that's like a thing more now. What is your non-TV chaser? Oh boy, do I have some good ones today. First of all, bought a vacuum, guys. The Shark Navigator, fantastic vacuum. Was able to get it as a refurbished one off of eBay, so it was way less expensive. This is a Dyson household, so. I mean, obviously that is the dream, but I'm not quite at that level yet. So one day, but um, it's like I have new carpets. It's fantastic. And mm-hmm. then the most exciting thing is that we got a real couch, a real couch, not a futon, because guys, living in this New York apartment, it's uh, it's the ground floor. There's like three 90 degree angles to get in. There's physically no way to bring a couch into the apartment. And we thought we just like had to live with a futon, which was sad. 
But there's this company, I'm not being sponsored, this company called Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W, and they make modular sofas. And it's also, it's all made in North Carolina and the company's very cool. And uh, you can buy like as many pieces as you want and they clamp together so you don't need any tools to build it. Mm. And we have a real couch with an ottoman. There were like Shea Lounge options but we went with an ottoman so we can move it around for our footrest right and it can alex built it yesterday and it was just the most exciting thing to come home to <laughs> i just like i fucking hated having that futon I'm and i'm um, thank you so much it's really exciting and i can't wait for you to find that a family of rats has in- infested it <laughs> oh and they better not touch my fucking couch but anyway that those are the things that made me really happy this week uh vacuum and a couch how about you? What are your chasers? <laughs> um, well, this is both something that's, I guess, bringing me joy, but also pain. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I feel like I've talked about how I've been trying to go more to the gym. Mm-hmm. I have sort of relapsed. I don't know. One thing I've been figuring out is because I travel a lot for work and I don't have like a nine to five like schedule that I come back to, it's hard for me to get back into a schedule when I come back from something. I feel mm-hmm. like I like hit a restart button every time. Yeah. So I've been trying to go, um, but I only know how to do cardio. Right. <laughs> I don't know how to do anything else. So I had a show in Providence, Rhode Island that I took the train to. And on the way there, I was like, I'm going to look up a whole bunch of apps that will teach me how to do other stuff nice for example (laughs) there was this one app that was it's called like the 30 day squat challenge and i was like oh that seems fun and will make my butt great whoa so i did beginner level two which is 30 squats on the first day i think i even did 35 oh boy yeah and it was fun and i felt good after it at the time of this recording this was four full days ago my legs are unusable. <laughs> I am fully, I've been fully. You crawled immobile. your way in here. <laughs> you were just doing the worm. I don't, I don't think I did anything wrong. Maybe I should have you stretched stretch. more after. Yeah. But you can ice them too. I fully need one of those things that all of the hot guys I follow on Instagram use where it just like pound, it's like a vibrator that pounds yeah. your muscles. <laughs> I'm like, I get it, bro. I'm going to like, yeah, while I'm eating my protein powder, <laughs> I'm going to pound my muscles with one of those pulverizers. But yeah, I've it truly fucked me up and I haven't been able to do it since, mostly because I've barely been able to like get up and down off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah. So anyway, if you couldn't suss it out from all of that, my chaser is my burning thighs. (laughs) And that's it. So thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our editors are Dina Kleiner and Josh Gwynn. Music by Hans Dao Su. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. 
See you next week. Oh, bye-bye. Don't cry for me, Argentina. The truth is I always love you.